Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Jason, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon. You should do the same, because the world just needs more GXG to make it a better place. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to donate to the cause. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, Mo is here. Hey, everybody. Four decades ago, the video game Galaga first appeared in arcades. Its combination of action, strategy, and iconic design have resulted in it regularly being praised as one of the greatest video games of all time. So in this episode, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the greatest space shooter ever to claim our quarters, Galaga. I know that one of us, it's not me or Mo, but one yeah. of us is a little excited. Wow. Let's not narrow down any. Yeah, I, I wonder who it is. Who could it be? Who could huh. it be? Huh. That's a ponder right there. George has been looking forward to this backtrack for some time. Galaga, his top game, well-renowned. Mm. Yes, I absolutely have been looking forward to this. I love this game. It's as much as John loves Donkey Kong, like we went to SFGE and people made fun of John for immediately moving toward a Donkey Straight Kong to cabinet yep. to start playing. <laughs> yep. Galaga was the first video game cabinet I played at SFGE. I'm, and I actually made sure that I found a different type of cabinet that I hadn't played on in forever. Uh, one of the cabarets which is mm-hmm. kind of hard to find for Galaga. I know when we go to events, I mean, the presence of Galaga can make or break the show for George. If it's not there, he's like, <laughs> well, it was a nice show, but they didn't have a Galaga. They didn't so have a Galaga. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And I get it. I mean, for me, you got to have one of those three. You got to have Donkey Kong. You got to have Pac-Man. Yeah. You got to have yep. Galaga. If you don't have those, yeah. you're not a video game show for me. Yeah. No, I get it. We are going to dig into the history of Galaga, why it's so important, both to everyone and to us personally, and especially to George, for whom it is personally <laughs> important. <laughs> we are going to get into all of that. First, though, it is time for a little bit of fourth listener email. This fourth listener email is again about that Gen X mall experience that is still resonating with huh. listeners, both in email and over on Discord. A lot of folks uh, enjoy talking about their mall experience growing up. So I love when those backtracks really hit people right in the feels and they have something to say about it. <laughs> the fourth listener email this time around is longtime listener Dan. Uh, oh. Subject line was Gen X mall experience. And Dan says, great backtrack episode as always oh thank you Uh, (laughs) there were a few malls local to me and i enjoyed just walking around them seeing who we could see back when they were full of mall rats yeah like (laughs) us (laughs) one of those malls is now being torn down it will be replaced by an amazon warehouse (laughs) (laughs) probably not surprising that's a common thing happening i expect yeah Uh, so my amazon prime packages will now get to me even faster than they do now sorry george oh shut up (laughs) 
<laughs> and you know, I know they're doing this shit on purpose. <laughs> I think Jeff is just listening to the show and he's like, I'm just going to mess with George now. Where's he live again? Let me see. Just put a delay on everything. Yeah, Stupid right. Exactly. Penis rocket ship building jerk. <laughs> You're going to see one of these like mobile coverage maps for Amazon and you see yeah. a little thing around Tallahassee. You see a little right. dead space right there. There's a little gap. <laughs> right. No, it'll be just around my house. Right. Everything else will be okay. Why is there just have a ship to your next door neighbor. Right. There you go. Well, aren't you? You're getting a warehouse in your hometown now. Are they building something finally? That's coming. They, they are. They're building an Amazon warehouse. That's yeah. part of my conspiracy theory that they have on purpose <laughs> been holding and delaying our shipments to this area because they're putting that new one in. Originally, I think it was to guarantee that it would get voted on by the city councils and governments. Uh. And stuff. That new warehouse <laughs> will become the main shipping hub for the, all of us here. And they're building into their computer systems, you know, take your time figuring out where this is going to go. Some, I don't know. It, it's some bullshit. That's all I know. Well, maybe it'll get better for you. At least they're not tearing down your mall to do it like they are for Dan. Oh, right? God. Such a shame. <laughs> well, Dan wraps it up by saying, keep up the great work, Dan. We will certainly do our best to, <laughs> uh, to do that for you, Dan. We appreciate your writing in. We love it every time one of the fourth listeners writes in. Hey, if you'd like your email feature here on the show, it's super easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them, like Dan's, make the show. All right. We've been dropped off of the arcade. We've purchased our tokens. It's time to press start on this backtrack, celebrating Galaga right after this break. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Activision presents Mega Mania, a new video game for your Atari video computer system. One, two, three, four, Mega! because it's impossible to stop. Designed by Steve Cartwright for Activision. It is time, George, to get into the history of your favorite arcade game of all time. And, and I would argue probably one of the favorites of many, many people. I know a lot of people, when they list their top, Galaga is right up there in their top two or three. Oh, yeah. Released in 1981, but we got to go back a little bit first to talk about uh, how we got to Galaga in 1981. Yeah, I mean, it comes from Namco. Namco is a Japanese company we all okay. recognize, I'm sure. That company was originally founded by a name Masaya Nakamura in 1955, really? believe it or not. Holy yeah. Cow. Started off as an operator of coin operated amusement rides, you know, so like the little dog or horsey in front of the grocery store kind of thing. horse outside the Woolworth kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. 
right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Okay. And then in 1959, they partnered with Walt Disney, believe it or not. Hmm. Huh. And they were there to provide the company with resources, essentially just financial resources to help expand. And they used those funds from Disney to acquire the Japanese division of Atari in 1974. Wow. So, oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. You know, Atari was big here, but I guess in Japan, maybe they were struggling or something. I don't know. So, yeah. Okay. 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 They renamed themselves to Namco in 1977. Uh, they published GB, the first original video game oh, that they had. I know GB. Yeah. You know GB? I didn't know that one. GB is like a goofy, it looks like pinball and like a four wall breakout game. Yeah. I've, I've seen GB. Uh, Not a lot of places. It's an old one though. It's kind of, it's neat though. You should check it out. Yeah. I, it definitely will. I mean, now we know their first major success though, because it was the predecessor to Galaga. In 1979, they released Galaxian. Oh, yeah. Ah, yep. yep. Galaxian had those enemies that they did a similar thing to Galaga. You know, they filled the play field mm -hmm. and then they started swooping down, but they mm -hmm. did it at those. Like if you were in an airplane, the type of maneuvers you might expect dogfighters to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like those swooping, like kind of swooping strafing kind of in, deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And your ship could only shoot one bullet at a time. And if it wasn't in the nose of your ship, you couldn't fire because uh. the other bullet was on the screen. So that's like Space Invaders then, basically, as far as yes. the shooting style. Okay. Yeah. I remember as a kid, when I first saw Galaxian, I pretty much thought, oh, this is the evolution of Space Invaders. Right. Thinking ignorantly that the same company just decided to promote Space Space Invaders to doing this, but that wasn't the case, of course. No, it was, I mean, it's just crazy how all these shooters developed in such a, a fast period of time from, you know, when did Space Invaders come out? 75, 77? I think 77, I think it was. It's 77, I think, yeah. 77, yeah. so 77, 79, 81 mm -hmm. to Galaga within a four-year period, kind of like us, right? Our birthdays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right in there. Gap apart, two years each, right? <laughs> But then, of course, the big one came out. 1981, Namco developed and published Galaga. Mm. And that was by far my favorite development in the history of video games of all time. I love Galaga. Everybody knows it. It's my game that I enjoy the most. I probably should give a brief description because there's probably somebody listening who's never even seen Galaga. Like, I've never seen GB. <laughs> well, especially how it's different from Galaxian. Yeah, exactly. So, you're controlling a starship. You're tasked with destroying the Galaga forces. That's the one thing that people get a little confused on. The evil people are the Galaga forces, not your oh, ship. okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just learned something. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, you're tasked with destroying the Galaga forces in every stage while avoiding the enemies and the bullets that they shoot at you, of course. It's mm -hmm. pretty simple, basic gameplay mm -hmm, strategy. Mm -hmm. Don't get hit by a rogue enemy and don't get hit by a bullet. Yeah. Some of the enemies can capture the player ship. Those are the Amadars, as we'll talk a little bit later on about where we got that name. Oh, they have a name? <laughs> I didn't know they had a name. <laughs> they don't. Officially, they don't. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but they can capture a player ship with a little tractor beam move, pull it up, and then if you're able to destroy that enemy that captured your ship with your next ship, then you can get the best part of Galaga, the dual fighter. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the secret sauce? Wasn't that the lightning in the bottle part that like nobody had done that blew me away? Mm -hmm. It was for me. It was the first game that I could remember at the time seeing that kind of action where 
you could potentially theoretically have lost something and then gained mm-hmm. it back. Right. And now it made you even better in your gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, oddly enough, we talked a little bit about Namco. They did not distribute the game here in the United States. That was a company called Midway, who we all know, hmm. you know, they've oh, yeah. been yep. all over the pinball and video game market. The odd thing is they did something that they hadn't done before. They had a partnership with Namco before Galaga and they would re produce the cabinets over here they previously had reproduced those cabinets in the exact same fashion so if it was a certain type of height and had a certain type of curve over the bezel or any of that stuff it was the same in japan as it was in the u.s that was the way their thing had worked but with galaga they went a different route and they did a completely different cabinet design. So the little arc that goes back from the bezel toward the back of the cabinet is different in a midway cabinet versus an Amco cabinet. Some of the cabinets have uh, white stickering as opposed to the traditional black that you're used to seeing on places like where the coin door is or the side panel artwork. Yeah, that's what I'm used to seeing is the dark artwork. And that's, mm-hmm. so that's traditionally the, the U.S. Midway releases. That's what I right. would have seen then. Yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah. so you remember at SFGE, they had a, there was a Gallagher cabinet that had the green tea molding. Yeah, right. That's something that's different between Japan and the U.S. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So black tea molding is the standard, but there are some cabinets that are produced with the green tea molding. Just this weird thing that it was like, oh, we don't like your cabinet design. We're going to do our own thing. You don't know what the U.S. market wants. And Midway kind of went off script a little bit. Never got any big trouble. There were no lawsuits or anything like that because they were still paying Nemco royalties. So they got their money. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a unique part of the development, the history of a game like that. So as a kid, did you notice the difference between these cabinets? I didn't understand what it was as a kid. I got it. Yeah. Like I, I did see the different cabinets, but as long as it had that Galaga logo, yeah, who that cares, was right? all I cared about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I remember seeing the white label ones. I remember seeing the green tea molding ones at different places. Like a lot of the bigger cities had the Namco cabinets, I noticed when I was a kid. Interesting. So okay. like when we would go to Orlando to visit Disney World or we would go to Atlanta for a football game or something like that, the bigger cities had more Namco cabinets and the smaller cities all had Midway cabinets, it seemed like. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Galaga was originally created by Japanese developer Shigeru Yokoyama. Uh, he was a longtime programmer and veteran at Namco. He got the idea for the challenging stages. That's, you know, one of the unique features of Galaga. Before that, you didn't really see those. He mm-hmm. got that from the intermissions in Pac-Man and the bonus stages in Rally X. Oh, oh okay. So that's what gave him the idea to put those into uh, into Galaga. And there's a like a bug thing that we'll talk about later on as to how those challenging stages got developed, which is kind of interesting. So the challenges state, that was something I remember distinctly when this game came out as being something different because it almost like it gave you like a target, right? The mm-hmm. next challenge stage was kind of like a target, which I don't remember seeing in any, like the, a playable target rather than like the Pac-Man, which was just like a little animation thing. Like a thing to reach and to get right. to. If I can just get to the next challenge right, stage, right? right? Because yeah, Galaga is very sure. frenetic. It's, you know, kind of like John's Donkey Kong, barrels flying at you left, right, and center <laughs> all over the ramps. Galaga is that same way. Bullets are coming at you from crazy angles. The ships make these weird patterns. For instance, there's three classes of ships or Galaga enemies. 
There's the ones that everybody and I think pretty much all people call them the bumblebees. They're the little yellow, mm-hmm. blue, red mm-hmm. guys that yeah. they swoop down at those pretty smooth angles. And then when they get to the bottom of the screen, they curl back up, try to hit you in the backside before <laughs> yep. they either uh, circle back around and go <laughs> off the bitches. bottom of the screen to repopulate <laughs> or they circle back up to the play field and rest. Then there's the butterflies. Those are the ones with the red wings and the white kind of centers. They kind of come at those really weird, awkwardly falling panels. You know, it's almost like they're jogging left, right, or center uh, as they come down. And then the amidars, the big guys with the tractor beams. Mm-hmm. You know, they they swoop down similar to the bumblebees. Uh, sometimes they can carry people with them, which we'll talk about. One thing about the challenging stages, I mean, you mentioned Rally X, which it had challenging stages. But the thing I always thought was so cool about Galaga's challenging stages was you were in zero peril during that challenging stage. It was a reward. You know, Mm. you made it through however far, and now it's like, all right, here's a chance to make tons of points, do the best you can, but nothing's going to shoot at you. Nothing's going to crash into you. It's just you against the machine and a chance to prove how good you could do. Mm -hmm. It was like a bragging right level. Like, (laughs) you're perfect. If you can, great. If you can't, you'll move along. Just whatever you want to do, right? Yeah. It was like a little cherry on top. You did great. Here, do this for a second. Then we'll get back to the the challenge. Right. Right. Another question I have, George, maybe you know the answer to this, is the idea of the enemies falling off the bottom and coming back around. I don't really remember that either. Usually things fall off the bottom and they were gone. That was a Galaxian holdover. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Mm. What they tasked the developer to do was come up with a new game that can ride on a Galaxian board. Mm. And so that's where they started from. Now they ended up having to develop a whole new board for Galaga called the Galaga board. And there's all kinds of stuff that we can talk about a little bit later on with parts of the board that allowed certain things to be possible. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And uh, revisions afterwards that stopped that. But it was a holdover from Galaxian. That was, I think Galaxian may have been the first game I saw to have that type of play field mechanic because Space Invaders didn't. Space Invaders came to the bottom of the screen and And killed you. (laughs) That's it. That was the end. That was the end. Right. You died. Right. Centipede, which I think came out later on, you know, the guys would come to the bottom screen, then they would start working their way back Back up. up, That's true. Yep. Yeah. And and each challenging stage, at the end of the challenging stage, you would get stats, how well you did. But Mm -hmm. didn't on the entire game... Didn't Galaga give you at the end of the game how well you did a ratio of shots to hits, right? Yeah, it was one of the first arcade games. I can't remember one before Galaga. I tried to do a bunch of research before this podcast to see if there was one. I can't remember a game that did an ending statistic screen at the end of your game. Yeah. It doesn't affect anything as far as the score is concerned or anything like that. It's just telling you, here's how many shots you fired. Here's how many shots hit something. Here's the percentage of accuracy. Yeah. That's it. Mm. That's all it tells you. But it's... It was always kind of a interesting thing because me and my friends, when we would play Galaga, somebody would win as far as the score mm-hmm. was concerned, but there would always be an argument. Yes, but I was more accurate than you. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it comes down to points. Maybe you should have shot more. You wouldn't have lost. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm really curious about? We've touched on a lot of the things that made it so cool, though. I mean, you had the fact you your ship could get caught and you could get it back. We had the fact that you had the different kinds of enemies. You had the challenging stage the stats, but a lot of those things might be an obvious answer as to why it's so special to you, George. But I want to ask you point blank, what has made it so special to you? Why is it your favorite game? What is it about Galaga? It's it's the only video game, even to this day, you know, modern games on consoles or PCs or anything. It's the only video game that I've ever been able to zone in with. 
What I mean by that is when you start getting up into the higher stages, 15, 20, 25, mm-hmm. right? When you start getting mm-hmm. into those stages, everything is turned up like 50, 100% as far as speed, yeah. Yeah. amount of bullets, enemies going right. crazy. And even in those stages, I've always found that I can zone in on just my ship on the screen and just dodge. Never stop firing, but all I'm doing is dodging the bullets or the enemies that are coming at me. I'm not caring where the bullets are going at that point. They're just going to hit something if I get lucky, but it's the only game that I'm able to zone in on focus on that ship. And I'll I'll still, I'll never forget. I was playing the game down in Orlando at the hotel and they had this little crappy outside-ish arcade, like where it had three walls and the fourth was just open Mm -hmm. to the elements. Mm -hmm. And they had a gallery machine in there and me and my cousin from Kentucky were down there playing and we played Donkey Kong. We had played Pac-Man and then we started playing Galaga and I was even good back then, you know, like I can't remember how old it was, 11, 12 at that point. So the game had been out for a couple of years he played the first player and he died like almost instantly. And mm-hmm. then I got to play with player two. And on my first ship, I went to like level 11 <laughs> and he was just <laughs> amazed. He was just shocked. He was like, Oh my God, you're still playing. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and it was because I just, I felt so comfortable and zoned in to that game. It just felt like it, it sounds cheesy, but it's like when I was playing baseball and sometimes the ball or the glove or the bat feel like an an extension of you. And that's how the Galaga game felt to me. It just felt like the game controls in my hands were perfectly designed to work together. I don't I can't describe it any better than that because it's it's kind of all in my head mostly. Very zen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I don't think it's cheesy at all. I mean, I I love when people are willing to explain why they geek out about something. And I totally get that. It's you, know, you become one with it. It's it's natural. You're zoned in. And do you feel like things like melt way when you're in that Mm -hmm. zone is it just like a sport thing yeah Yeah. nothing else is around me i don't hear the other games in the arcade i don't hear the people nothing i mean even if somebody like patted me on the back or something along those lines i probably wouldn't even notice it just you and the game yep and you're in it exactly that's awesome if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Dear Atari Anonymous, my son Boris has a missile command problem. My mission in life is to save all of mankind. Lately, my daughter has developed a similar problem with Atari Warlords. Now, with video pinball, my husband is acting funny lately. With Atari games so ingenious, so involving, so intense, I ask you, Atari Anonymous, is this problem contagious? So now that we've covered the like the history, how we got to that game, I know that mm-hmm. that wasn't the end, 
right? I mean, that this game know. just no. kept progressing, <laughs> kept evolving, and has like, I mean, it has stepchildren and grandchildren, everything else, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, George, I mean, I know you're the expert on this, so I need you to help straighten that out for me. I mean, what happened to this game after its release? So, unlike, well, maybe kind of like, John's Donkey Kong had some successful sequels and some non-successful <laughs> some sequels, questionable right? Ones. Yep. Fair. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Galaga pretty much was all non-successful after. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't hit anything out of the park, really. Um, so the first one up, the the first sequel that came out after Galaga, and Galaga itself is a sequel, unlike John's Donkey right. Kong, which was an mm-hmm. original, right? Right. But the first sequel was Gaplus, or some people might have noticed the cabinet later on as Galaga 3. They kind of rebranded some of the bezels and put it out there. Why Galaga 3? No clue because there wasn't a Galaga 2. Uh, if anything, it should be Galaxian 3, oh, right? Yeah, if that's anything. a good point. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, Galaxian 3. I mean, yeah, okay. Right. You know, it, just weird. They had Gap Plus or Galaga 3. It was a different game. It was released in 1984, so three years after Galaga. And it had two unique features. They kept the tractor beam element. However, they flipped it this time. Instead of the enemies having the tractor beam, you had the tractor beam. And you got that tractor beam through an Arkanoid-style type of upgrade. You played Arkanoid, your ball hits one of the bricks and destroys it, and then these little things float down. And if you hit them with your little bar thing that slides back and forth, it gets upgraded. Maybe it gets bigger, or it becomes metal, or it has shooters or whatever. Right, right, yeah. So Gapless did the same kind of thing. Thing, one of those upgrades being the tractor beam. With the tractor beam, you could capture the enemy ships. Mm-hmm. They will populate the bottom of the screen next to your fighter like your twin ships would do, and you then had their firepower on your ship. Interesting. And you could get like seven or eight of them, right? Uh-huh. Like a bunch of... Oh, I yeah. remember that. Yep. Yeah. We played that in a live stream, I think, one time. It's very possible. Yeah, we probably yeah. did. It's an interesting game. It's... I, I can see where they were trying to go with it. They weren't yeah. terribly successful with it. The <laughs> the graphics weren't anything, you know, that much better than the original arcade, which was three years previous. You would have thought they right. would have done better with that. Right. But it, it was okay. It didn't do well in sales. When we get into some of the high score world records uh, later on, you'll understand, you know, some of these records of some of these less successful sequels you'll understand why their high scores have been out there for a long time it's because nobody plays the game Mm. Mm. oh that makes sense yeah yeah. uh that was the first sequel there was another sequel and this one's a little bit more well known mo you might have seen this one it's called galaga 88 oh yes oh yeah okay that one you've seen all right yeah yeah. uh 1987 it went back to the mechanic of the enemies grabbing your Mm -hmm. ships and you capturing Mm them back by killing the enemy but this time instead of double fighter you could get a triple fighter and have three bullets (laughs) yeah and i remember that getting a triple fighter for me was like i might as well throw my quarter away because One of the first things when I played Galaga, after you got, you realized you get a double shooter, was like the urban legend in the arcade was, ooh, I wonder if you double fighter can get captured. Can you get a triple fighter? Right. Yeah. And it, there would be like, maybe, and you heard somebody did it one time, but of course you couldn't. Now you know you right. can't. And then I remember when Galaga 88 came out and you could, and it was like the legend made real. Suddenly you could. I always thought that was really awesome that maybe they heard that rumor and said, let's like, give let's it go to with it. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. somebody somewhere picked up yeah. on people asking about that or talking about that and made that happen. The other part of Galaga 88, they did improve the graphics a little bit. They have oh, yeah. some, some nice background scenes there, mm-hmm. but I never liked the deaths of the enemies in Galaga 88. 
it felt too childish to me. What do you mean? They kind of pop like little balloons with they little do. fireworks yeah. things. Oh. Huh. Okay. So it, it felt like that they were trying to make it slightly more younger family friendly mm-hmm. than the original Galaga, which I'm not saying Galaga was this gore fest or anything like a Mortal Kombat <laughs> or something along those lines. No, nothing's like that one. <laughs> Finish the bees. <laughs> Get over here. You know, Fatality. that kind of, <laughs> If you watch the two games side by side and play them, Galaga feels a little bit, I don't know, it's silly to say it because it's an arcade cartoon fighter game, right? But it felt a little bit more adult to me. It felt like there were more consequences going on in the game. I could see that. I always relate that strictly to the way that the 88 ships blew up. Hmm. It's very cartoony. Even the music, doesn't it have... Mm -hmm. What's the um, the challenging levels in '88? Don't they? Doesn't it say like it's like outer space dancing time or something? Yeah. It's like oh, really? da, 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 da. it's like real. And some of the enemies actually inflate like a balloon. You were talking they about do. they pop like mm-hmm. balloons. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. Wow, it's I'm much more that. cartoony now that you mention it. I hadn't yeah. considered that tone difference. Yeah, Galaga '88. Yeah, it is a fun game though. <laughs> now the next one that came along was much much later, like decades later, 2008. Xbox 360 gets a new Galaga game called Galaga Legions. And Mo, if you didn't play this, this Mm -hmm. might have been the Galaga game for you because like your Robotron, it was a twin stick shooter. Whoa, wait a minute. I'm having trouble with my, get my head around that one. So you're moving around with one stick and shooting with the other one. Really? Instead of pressing Mm, buttons. That just sounds weird though. Yeah, all right. Another thing that I don't consider this necessarily a sequel, but it's an interesting piece of evolutional history because it's the only one I remember seeing this done for. There is a cabinet called the Class of 81. And ah. you guys, I'm sure, have seen these at mm-hmm. some of these SFGE mm-hmm. type things that we've gone to, or maybe even in your local bar or pool hall or whatever. It is a cabinet that has two arcade games licensed by Midway. It has Miss Pac Man and it has Galaga in it. And mm-hmm. you can choose which game you want to play after you put your quarter in. It's like it's split right up the middle. The artwork is split yes. like one one half and the other half too, which I always thought was awesome. Yeah, like the bezel, the artwork. So it's like one of those Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins kind of combos, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, exactly. it's a KFC Taco Bell of video right. games. <laughs> and I, I always thought it was interesting. Why not take some of the other games and put them at like, why wouldn't it have been Pac-Man and, and something else? But it was because both those games were released in 1981. That was the link right. between the two of them. And they were both the most popular games of that year. I don't think you'd want to have like a Galaxian Galaga combo thing right. or something like yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that, I've never seen the well, Galaxian. But those Galaga. are so very similar. Once you play Galaga, do you want to go back and play Galaxian? Yeah, though that's true. there's that's something true. about once you've played Galaga, Galaxian feels so pale, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you'd have to play the Galaxian game first. First, you would right. have to, and then move into Galaga. I would think. Yeah. yeah. Once they got through a lot of those sequels, Galaga was ripe for moving into home ports. I would imagine then they moved that all over the place yeah even before some of those sequels came out uh sega galaga which is the first home conversion for galaga published for the sg 1000 that was in 1983 oh right dang right away yeah that was just two years after the release of the original was it a good port or Eh, 
so we're going to talk be. a little bit later on about the best port of Galaga okay, ever okay. done to the home Ooh, consoles yeah. of that generation. There weren't very many good ports of Galaga for that generation. Now, as systems got better, you know, we got the Xboxes or mm-hmm. the Super Nintendos or the GameCubes or whatever. Ports got a little bit better because the hardware could handle it. And there have been a lot of interesting happenstances to those ports that we can talk about a little bit later on as well. For the big bug that everybody knows about or has heard about if they've heard of Galaga, uh, there was a uh, conversion for the family computer uh, released in 1985, the Famicom. You guys remember that one? The original Nintendo Japanese Mm -hmm. thing, right? It got released internationally by Bandai, believe it or not, for the Nintendo system, the NES. That one wasn't bad, I don't think. I mean, all home ports suffer some, of course. Yeah. I was just interested that when I was looking up the research for this, apparently that one was subtitled Demons of Death. Here in oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they're now they're demons. Because they figured Galaga didn't grab you enough. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> that name wouldn't mean anything, but Demons of Death, that'll sell more cartridges. Now I'm scared. Now I'm going to shoot them. <laughs> yeah. Did either of you guys ever have a Game Boy? I did. Yeah, I you had did? a Game Boy. The, the original, like the, the two-color screen? I guess so. So there was a version published for Game Boy in 95. It was a Galaxian and Galaga bundle cartridge, apparently. Huh. So they had Galaga on that one. The one that I remember playing the most because I had an Xbox 360, they released the original arcade version on the Xbox Live service in 2006. And when that hit, I was playing that thing nonstop. Oh, really? Well, I imagine that. Now, the Xbox 360 should be able to do an honorable port, right? I they did. It was almost like they took the code from the cabinet and put it into their system. It did feel almost exactly. Th- th- they were on a tear. They were, that was the early days of Xbox Live Arcade, it felt like. And they were on a tear of like, We'll do Pac-Man. We'll do Dig Dug. We'll do Galaga. Mm. They were doing a bunch of those. It felt like, like you said, George, I felt they, they just kind of took the ROM or a version of the ROM. They wrapped it with a kind of a screen on the side, a little bit of artwork to show you how to play it. And they put some achievements in it. And that was it. Super easy to get the achievements right away. You probably had all 200 points within 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was nothing to do. Yeah, within very minutes. quickly. That was one of the yeah. few I got all the achievements <laughs> <Right>. for. <laughs> as many achievements as I had, though, for that Xbox 360 clone port whatever they did (laughs) there was another homebrew port that came out just a couple of years ago and i remember john when you first clued me into this one oh it was some guys (laughs) who were running a video channel that was all about homebrew stuff right a youtube channel and i think we even spoke with them maybe or something yep they put out a galaga mo get ready for this a Galaga 2600 the atari 2600 homebrew port oh really now, you know the Atari 2600. You remember the oh, Pac-Man yeah. port, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Terrible. You remember the Donkey Kong? No. Was it even, Awful. Why even have the same name? Right? Yeah. Asteroids with the multicolored yeah. rocks floating in space that would flash and not stay on the screen the whole time. Yeah. I'm telling you, the people that put out this Atari 2600 port ignored all of that and made one of the greatest ports for a period authentic piece I've ever seen. Really? It is staggering. Oh, man. Champ Games is the name of this these guys. And they've done several homebrew things. It was back in 2019. Mm, okay. They said they did it over six weeks. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think they've actually fully released it, but they have released several betas of it. And you can right. go and download the beta and play it with your Stella emulator. 
it is staggering what they've accomplished with now granted you could not have easily done this back in 79 80 81 because they're ignoring the 4k limitation of the atari oh okay okay but they're staying within the limitation of the hardware they're definitely just using that atari hardware everything is there the only differences they're making are like the bees don't align exactly like you think, but right. I mean, multiplayer, uh, you can pick level. You have the challenge levels are there, mm-hmm. the challenging stages, all of the enemies are there. You get your ship captured. Uh, there's a high score table. I mean, you can pause the game with the black and white color switch. It is, and it looks, <laughs> even the, the, the star field, that flickering yeah. star field that you, you would not believe. I mean, other than the fact that there's a signature look that the Atari has, it's just it, it it's mind blowing to see what they've done with this and there never was a Galaga officially released for the Atari 2600 and this homebrew on the Atari 2600 oh man I'll give you a link Mo to put in the show okay. notes I mean whether you play it or not just look at the screenshots it's staggering yeah and that's just a testament to how important Galaga is to people that they would invest so much time and energy to build a faithful port for a game on that a never existed platform that's been gone for decades <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it because for me, the Atari 2600 was my first at-home console. So I have a deep love and respect for that console. And then to combine it with my favorite video game of all time, mm-hmm. I, when John first showed that thing to me, I was blown away. I couldn't, still to this day, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> why couldn't I have had that in 85? That would have been awesome. <laughs> Think of the quarters you would have saved if you'd had right, that at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com. Long ago, in the distant future, where evil knights joust upon beasts of the air, you too must fly, joust, and retrieve the enemy's egg before it hatches, and beware the lava below. You can experience this world from the other side. It's called Joust, the arcade game, home now only from Atari. A video game? Hardly. Joust. You don't play it, you live it. I know I've brought us down a road of learning the development and the history of the game a little bit and talking about how they put out new sequels and evolved the game and whatnot, but I think more important to me than any of that stuff is just our personal experiences with Galaga. I know I have a billion uh, <laughs> things that I could talk about, but I'm <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see what you guys thought. Like for me, I remember the very first time I saw it next to a Galaxian cabinet in the arcade and went, why, why'd they change the name of Galaxian? What, what's that about? And then I started watching somebody play it. Cause that's what you always did in the arcade, you know? Right. right? Yeah. If you weren't sure that's about a game, you watch somebody play it and then see how it went. And I was like, wait a minute, those ships aren't doing what Galaxian ships do. Wait, he's, he can fire twice. What the hell is that about? And yep. oh my God, wait, challenge stage. What's a challenge stage. <laughs> so I just felt, in love with that game through those first experiences but i'm just curious like john do you you have any experiences with galaga that stand out for you oh 
Sure. Absolutely. I mean, as much time as you spend in an arcade, I'm sure Mo and I both, you can't avoid, you know, having memories that are attached to it. I mean, I mentioned that Atari port that replicated that flickering star field. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't right. new to Galaga. That was in Galaxian. But I mentioned that in my mind, Galaxian was an evolution of Space Invaders. And that was something that both of those games had that added a level of immersion to the game that Space Invaders didn't have, right? So Space Invaders took place on this planet. And so many space shooters before it was, you know, I'm in space, great, here's a ship and I'm shooting. But there's <laughs> something about that star field, a multicolor star field. And they're, and, and they're flickering in and out. Right. And it felt like, ooh, I'm moving through space. I'm not just sitting still on a screen, which I actually am sitting still on a screen. It felt more immersive. <laughs> and something about that it always it drew me in. It, it's almost like being in a theater and like the, the bulb of the, of the projector flickering in the background. It made it feel more cinematic for me. And that was something that that game always had that drew me in. The other thing that grabbed me right away about Galaga especially was how it was so easy to understand to play. And it, it didn't punish you for not knowing all the rules. But if you would stand there after you put your quarter in and before you push start and watch the rules, mm-hmm. it would reward you for understanding like, oh, there are these strategies. Like things come down in groups. Like you'll shoot the escorts before you shoot the big ship. There's a bonus. Like you get more points for doing things differently. Right. So if you will learn, it's not like they hid the rules from you. They're right there. But if you'll learn them, you'll the reward you for that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't punish you for not knowing it. But if you took the time, it was kind of like a like a Mortal Kombat. If you learn these fatalities, you get more out of the game. If you learn the rules, you get more points out of it. And I always enjoyed how they sprinkled that in gradually, but didn't penalize you for not doing it. Yeah. I mean, my first, or I should say early experience with it is the first time we saw the challenge stage, because like I didn't watch somebody else play. Like we just said, oh, look, we thought it was Galaxian or we thought it was just an offshoot of it. And my friend was playing and we got to the challenge stage and he, he like froze. Like, we're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> the stuff started coming from the top. Like, it, like it was confused. Like, we didn't know what the hell to do. And finally, we were screaming at him to shoot, and he finally started shooting. And then once we got through it, we're like, holy crap. I mean, we were expecting things to be shooting at us. We didn't know that they weren't. He's like, you're trying to get them all. Then we, the first time he got all of them, he's like, oh, there's a bonus. You get all of them. It was just like that discovery of that game, I think, as well. So it made it kind of new. It was like it had all these new tricks and stuff that you just never had to deal with before. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you bring up the challenge stage part of it. That was actually originally a bug in the programming that was allowed it? them to go into the challenge stage. It's called the Ogawa bug. So there was a programmer, <laughs> Tetsuo Ogawa. He told the guy who was developing the game over all he's like listen we've got this problem for right now whatever reason the ships just fly off the screen and then they just keep circling we can't figure out what to do and because he had seen the rally x stuff and the pac-man intermission videos and whatnot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he said oh let's turn that into a challenge stage (laughs) and originally it was the same challenge stage throughout the whole game every time you came to a challenge stage it was the same one but then they as they developed more of the sprites and the enemies and stuff like you know how the bumblebee after level three, they start to morph into a triple fighter. Right, yeah. They start off as the little, uh, what do I call them? The scorpion, scorpion thingsies. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the ones that are the green ships. And then there's the ones that are the Galaxian yellow ships that come mm-hmm. where yep. one guy comes down and two of them fly off at you really fast. All of that stuff 
got incorporated into the challenge stages because they now have more graphics to use. So that's why you see different characters in the later challenge stage that you don't see even in the game itself. Hmm. There's some characters that are only in the challenge stage. You one time asked me, I think we were standing at an arcade somewhere doing some Gen X grown up event. You even asked me, George, what's your favorite enemy in Galaga? I don't know what made you ask me that. <laughs> that's, that is my favorite thing in Galaga is you think it'd be the challenging stage or the capturing the ship. It's whenever one of those bees turns into three bees right. and you can get all three of them for a thousand points. I feel like a boss. Every time I'm able to get all three of those guys, I'm like a thousand points right away. Yep. I don't know what it is that feels. There's something about the way Galaga, the sounds and the way the score pops up and, and in place of the things you kill all the things in combination and, and the, the animation when you shoot things, there's a little like a splash. They don't just yeah. disappear. There's mm-hmm. a little animation splash when you kill them, like their guts, right? Right. <laughs> that, that makes you feel rewarded. And that thousand points when they split into three, because you see them start to change, like they morph. Yeah, the, right. the B starts to flash different colors. He alternates between yeah. his two different colors. Yeah. And so you have to like, oh, you have to wait and not shoot him. And you're like, so there's the, the discipline to wait. And then as soon as he morphs, you shoot him. And I always felt so like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Look at me. <laughs> you know? So I was like, we love that. It's one of the best parts of an early video game when there's something unexpected like that, because mm-hmm. that's not in the right. rule screen that you exactly. were talking about earlier. You know, it's just, you know, shoot these guys and get this many points, do this, get that many points. This is worth this many points. But those little subtle things that develop in the game later on, it's very similar to the double ship. I know everybody knows Galaga double ship. That's <laughs> nothing mm-hmm. new. But when that game first came out and I got double ships for the first time after having seen somebody else done it, I was like, you felt I'm, I'm the boss. I'm that's all. Awesome. <laughs> I cannot lose. I so did it too. Yeah. And then, there's there's specific strategies right i mean you talked about the scoring strategies earlier john i can't remember it was four or five years ago we were playing galagos doing something and you were watching me play i think i played first and i said oh yep gotta wait till second stage to get my doubles and you were like what what do you mean why you gotta wait till second <laughs> stage? About? And i'm like right. well you wait till the second stage you let your ship get captured then if that's the last enemy you kill the guy who's captured your ship when he positions you for your doubles. They position you in the direct center of the screen, which is the perfect place for the first challenge stage. Really? Look at that. You don't have to right? move your joystick or anything. You just fire and that's it. Really? I have no idea. Just little things like that. Right. Pro tip, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no idea about that. Well, and you know, on the challenge stage, you get a certain amount of points for every uh, fighter that you kill, right? Right, right. Usually, I think it's mm-hmm. 100 points if I remember right. You get 100 points for every fighter you kill. You kill 37 fighters, you get 3,700 points. But if you kill all 40, Take you don't get 4,000 points. You get yeah. 10,000 awesome. points. Right. Yep. And that's where the score really, really <laughs> starts to ramp up. John and our escape room podcast, that was one of the strategies for us to get past that room where Galaga was at. Got to get the challenge stage score if you're going to be able to beat that high that's score right. that the evil corporation yeah. has. <laughs> How did that go for you, George? Did that work out okay? It didn't work out well. It didn't work out so well. For me hey, but he was hurt that. at a time. Let's yeah. give him some credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that as you bring it up, I mean, are there any other really cool tips for like somebody has played Galaga but casually oh, I, mean, I remember you telling me that and they were like oh yeah so if I shoot that last I'm set up for the challenging stage yeah I mean so challenge stages are where it's all at and then uh, grouping scores are where 
it's at in the regular stages. So what do you mean by grouping scores? What is that? So when the Amadar, the guy who captures your ship, when he's coming down, he can come down in one of three ways. He can come down by himself. He can come down with one escort or he can come down with two escorts. Oh, sure. If he comes down with two escorts, if you can destroy all three of them while they're all three coming down in that first little pull down move, Uh then you get way more points than if you kill just one of the escorts and later on kill just the Amadar. Ah, So you get some extra points that way. I think it's like 1600 Hmm. if you kill the escort and all of his groupings. So So shoot them when they're in a group, meaning get more points. I see. Um, The other thing you mentioned, the bumblebee morphing, you know, the thousand bonus for that. Uh, That gets much more difficult as you go on because different morphs have different flight characteristics. The scorpions, they fly in basically the same pattern that the bumblebees do. The Mm -hmm. green ships kind of fan out from left to right or right to left, depending on which side of the screen they started on. So you can't just shoot them all in a line vertically. They're kind of fanned out. So you have to be able to move your ship and follow that glide path. The yellow galaxian ships, one guy follows the B path, but then he shoots two messengers out at you. Yeah, they're jerks. To try and destroy <laughs> yeah. your single or double ship, whatever you have yeah. at the time. Other tips, I would say as you get to stages four through 10, really watch out for messengers. And I know John asked me when I use that term, what is messenger? What does that mean? <laughs> when the enemies are coming into the play field and populating everything, yep. in the first couple of stages, all the ships that spiral in from the sides go straight to the play field unless you destroy them. However, in later levels, not all the ships go to the play field. Some of them do kamikaze runs to try and destroy your ship. Right. And we always called them messengers here in my town. I mean, it's everybody's got different names <laughs> for them, I'm sure. We just called them messengers because it was like the game was sending you a message that you're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So th- those will help you get some higher scores. I mean, yeah. so speaking of higher scores, we mentioned the Donkey Kong backtrack. High scores are a big deal in this game because it's so popular. What do the high scores look like around the world for uh, for these games? It depends on um, which one of those games we're talking about. Galaga, obviously, is the main one that we're going to talk about. Uh, that recently just got set within the last year and a half or so um, by oh. a guy named Jordan Dorrington. January 30th of 2020, he hit 20,900,000. Took him 14 hours. 14 Jeez. hours? Yeah, that was oh. a marathon run. So not the 250 five rollover thing but it was a marathon run with the twin games set up on a cabinet and everything it just play until you die you only get five ships maximum wow yeah and he was able to hit 20 million so put that in perspective the spitball what kind of what's a good score for you and how long does that take good score for me is probably three million okay three and a half million and that generally takes me 45 minutes or so Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So 14 hours, this guy had to crank. All right. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't imagine because it's not like some of those other games where the guys who are playing them for a certain amount of time where they can walk away from the cabinet for a pee break or something mm-hmm. because nope. they don't mind their ships dying. Not with five ships. You only had five ships in that marathon run. So he had to sit at that cabinet the whole yep. time because you can't <laughs> sacrifice a single ship when Jeez. you have a limited number. It's not like a normal game where you just keep racking up the extras every 70,000 right. points. Yeah, it's funny that um, when I was looking up the high score history of this game it seems like that high score had been beat a few times in the last few years right it's mm-hmm. like people but you know that at one point it was like the longest running high score it had a score set in 1989 that wasn't beat wow. for 29 years <laughs> oh <laughs> dang man and then of course they like said it was beat in succession but you know people were trying oh yeah you know they were cranking yeah, sure. they just couldn't get there 
Yeah. Now, what about the the variants? I mean, that was that was that long run. Are they, but there are yeah. variants of other scores. So there are. Um, so that class of eighty one cabinet that has a high score listed on Twin Galaxies, okay. believe it or not, yeah. because Why is it the different? class of eighty one cabinet has one of those unique features. It has the fast shoot where you can just hold down the fire button and it's just oh. Boom. Oh, gotcha. really? gun, right? That one has a high score that was set in 2019 by a guy named Mike Castratas. I'm going to guess. Uh, but he only hit four and a half million. <laughs> yeah. What? I guess maybe not many people play that cabinet, maybe. I guess that's my thought because there were only three scores on mm. that board. And I'm sitting there thinking. Or maybe the difficulty ramps up harder on that one? Or who knows? Uh, it doesn't know. really. I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, no? Okay. It, it does, but you've got the rapid fire. So it's really that game. You hold the fire button down and you you're move. just dodging. That's all you're doing. Yeah. It's like strafing maneuvers and dodging. Sure. Enemies. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I feel like I could probably get that score. You get on it then, man. Yeah, man. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, I got to figure out how you're allowed to do it so that they certify it and whatnot. But I feel like I could probably get that. I think one. You just got to videotape your play or something. <laughs> yeah. Galaga 88, the one that Mo knew, you know, mm-hmm. the balloon popping one. Yeah. On the original cabinet of that one, that score was set back in 1989. It's one of those really long scores. Uh, 1,500,000. Wow. Again, seems low. It does seem low. <laughs> I don't remember the scoring strategy for that game, so I can't say. I think Galaga 88 has an ending. I think it has a story progression. <sighs> oh, the game actually stops. It could be. So I think it doesn't go forever. So you probably have to, I think you have to maximize score and then it, there's a finish. I've never finished it, but I think right. I remember seeing it does. Interesting. So it might be one of those where you have to do the best you can and then it's over. So it's probably tougher to do. Yeah, it probably is. I know Galaga itself has a certain amount of levels. You know, 255, I think, is the top oh, level. Right. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Galaga. Um, and then after that, it just it's one of the kill screen games. But it, again, 1989, why is that score sitting out there so long? It's not a popular cabinet. So there's not a lot of people playing it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You Who's know? cranking on it? Yep. Gapless or Galaga 3, same kind of thing it's that score actually goes back to 1985 oh my god believe it or not so i think that's like when that game first came <laughs> out or something like that and it's one one million three hundred thousand i don't know it sounds to me george that you have some work to do here that you well, know there's some scores you could step it up here yeah. that you could get your name on there i don't want to make any statements like john did with fix it felix at sfge where <laughs> he says that's not any that's not a difficult my score my mouth almost yeah i know <laughs> he, he's sweating it 30 minutes later but it just shows that the original game is so much more popular yeah, than right. any of the sequels that came after it. 20 million versus 1.3 million and scores that are still being done in 2020 versus 1985. It, it just shows to me how, what the longevity is of the original Galaga game mm-hmm. and why it's so popular. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that those games are any better or worse. They're just different, but they don't grab you nearly as much as the original does. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. 
great iMagic Savings Adventure Sight and Sound Sale. Plug iMagic cartridges into your Atari video game system. Then defend Atlantis from marauders. Corral skittish aliens and protect the cosmic arc. Heading off screaming monsters during the evil attack. Snare iMagic cartridges on sale at Venture $23.99. Protect your galaxy. Save during Venture Sight and Sound Sale. We were just talking about how, yeah, Galaga has sequels, and but they don't get nearly the love of the original just because it's just something about it has just captured the imagination and the spirit of game players. It's regularly lauded as one of the top arcade games, video games of all time. And I, I think it's well-deserved. I mean, if you play it and you can play other games of the time or even modern games, it's just so much better. Yeah. You know, I have a big brother who is 10 years older than me. So you can imagine in the arcade era when I was 10 or 12, he didn't want anything to do with me. He was 21, 22 years old, right? But <laughs> right. So I wanted to play video games. He wanted to play cars. He didn't care about this. However, the one thing we could get together on was Galaga. Really? <laughs> he loved, strike that, loves today still, huh. Galaga. Doesn't want to play other games. Doesn't care about anything else. Not a Donkey Kong fan. <laughs> Unless it's Galaga, he's down to play Galaga wow. any day of the, any, if you see it anywhere. Oh, we're going to play Galaga. There it is. I see it. We're going to play it. <laughs> it's something that even he was never a game player, never a nerd of any kind. But I think a lot of people see that and it crosses lines like that. And I think that kind of shows how it's permeated our society, our culture. It has a legacy in, in, in just all of pop culture and not just in North America. I mean, all over the world and everything. It has shown up in film and television, in books, in, in wherever you look. If you wanted to put like a time capsule, like something that when you see it, you think of a time period, you'd be mm -hmm. hard pressed to pick a worse game than, than Galaga. Oh, for yeah. That, you yep. know? <laughs> oh, to put in like, oh, yeah. Here's 1980s arcade culture. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's got to be in there. To me, it's the top three. It's it's on the Rushmore mountain <laughs> yeah, for the Mount Rushmore. video games from the <laughs> early 80s. You, you've got to put Pac-Man number one. That's your George Washington, right? I personally think you got to put Donkey Kong number two. Yeah. I think that's absolutely your Abraham Lincoln. I think the other presidents <laughs> that you might not remember, Galaga is probably the first of them. <laughs> and then I don't know what game you would put on their fourth. I think Asteroids I would put in there personally, but that's just me. You think Asteroids would be on that one? Okay, fair enough. That makes it easy for Rushmore. There's no carving. It's already a rock. Easy. Done. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got tired of that last one. Yeah, it's Asteroids. Asteroids. It's asteroids. It's done. John, you talked about it being uh, the game Galaga being used in pop culture references. To everything. Yeah, There's some yeah. unique ones. One that I didn't know because I didn't watch the show, but I think you two watched the show. So maybe you know this. Galaga was the name of a submarine in the TV series Lost. No, was it? I gave was up it? on Lost early, but yeah, I oh, remember okay. reading that. I remember reading that it was. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, I have no okay. clue. It's in Wikipedia, though, so it must, must be, be true. Absolutely. Well, it's true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One that I do remember specifically is the Avengers 2012, the first oh, Avengers yeah. movie. Yep. <laughs> Tony Stark calling out the guy. That man's playing Galaga. <laughs> Nobody knows. We see you. I did. <laughs> and then they actually, the director cut to a scene after that goes away yeah. of that guy and he hits his screensaver button or whatever. And he's playing Galaga. <laughs> on the yep. I'm like, that would have been me so much. That would have been me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Another one, you know, we, I mentioned it in passing earlier. Some of the names of some of the ships, one of those 
terrible college age TNA type movies oh. <laughs> back in the eighties. I'm sure I saw it then <laughs> called spring break about these kids that came down from the North to come down to Florida to have their spring break in Daytona beach or something like that. And mm-hmm. there were a guy and a girl that had met during the trip and she's playing Galaga with him. And they start mentioning the, Oh, there's that pointy thing. And he's like, yep, the Amadar, I've got it. And I'm like, where the hell that, but that's what I always started calling the enemies after that. That's where you got the name. Huh? Yeah. That's where I got it from. You know, I'd always heard there's a game called Amadar that came out on the Atari it has nothing to do with Galaga. It's like a Pac-Man clone. So whenever Funny. you mentioned Amadar, I thought of that unrelated, but what the ship in Galaga has superseded the meaning over the game that I used to know. So now that's gotcha. what I think. Of. <laughs> it was also in war games, right? Classic scene with Ali Sheedy and Matthew Broderick. Oh, where oh you're yeah. Playing, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's got to go do stuff. Uh, it's been in a lot of stuff for well, sure. In the background of, of many movies of that era, you know, I mean, the Karate Kid, they're in the arcade playing, yeah. playing strings mm. and automobiles in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in Pixels, oh, of course. We, we saw some Galaga action. In really? John's favorite arcade game movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with Pixels. I mean, I'm glad <laughs> it exists, but I'm upset that it exists. So it's, yeah, I guess, but it permeates all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I was obviously wanting to research this topic an awful lot, so that's where we find a lot of the pop culture references <laughs> yeah. going into this podcast because I wanted to do it justice. But John, I found something that should have been in your realm of knowledge, oh. and I don't think you know about this yet. There is a nerd core Galaga video out there on YouTube. Oh, really? Huh. Yes, there why is. Why am I not surprised? I don't know why. <laughs> it makes sense. No. Yeah, I watched it. I'm not going to say that it does a lot of justice to the Galaga history. It's just a guy going Galaga, Galaga, Galaga kind of a thing. <laughs> Every just... now and then he talks about the ships or something, but it, all the background images in the video are mostly just of arcade play. So okay. it doesn't seem to be focused on Galaga, but it's titled Galaga. But it okay. uses Galaga as like a touchstone for the yeah, topic or yeah. something. I see. Okay. All right. So there's something I heard about, and maybe you guys could like tell me what this is. What is the 2B cheat? Is that <laughs> oh, what that yeah. is? <laughs> well, you know, George was talking about his pro tips and strategies. And yeah, I left this one out of that section on purpose for a reason we can talk about. Oh, okay. It. Right. But it's almost not a strategy. It's almost instead of a strategy, you do this thing. So I had heard of this, but never done it. Okay. George has talked about it. And I know he knows about it. So mm-hmm. in honor of this podcast, for the first time ever, I did the left two B's cheat for myself in emulation. It's a left two B sheet. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. very specific. So I'll explain it quickly, but probably wrong real quick. And then George will explain. <laughs> George will correct you. That's fine. But the idea is you have to be on a certain version. It has to be like the version one or not a rev or whatever. Rev A. Has to be rev A. Rev A. Okay. That's what it is. Yep. So I, I just get the earliest one that I had. And on the first screen, you just never kill the leftmost two enemies. You just be sure you don't kill them. And then once you do that, you got to wait while they fly down the screen for like 15 minutes. And eventually, yeah, forever. They wait, wait, wait. Eventually, they'll stop shooting. When they do stop shooting, you got to wait a few more times and make sure they're totally spent. Then when you do kill them, nobody will shoot the rest of the game. No. Yep. And it totally works. It totally works. So what did I screw up? Is that right? Because I did it and it totally works. No, no. I mean, that's accurate. There's a couple of details there. So first of all, when he says the left two enemies, he's talking specifically about the furthest to the left of the two bumblebees. And we're talking about vertically, not horizontally. So row one's farthest left B, the row one being the closest one to your fighter, okay. and yeah, row bottom, two's yep. left right. enemy B. That's right, yep. Those two. So those two specifically. Those you'll have two to specifically. Wow. And there's a reason for it. <laughs> 
Okay. So when they were coding this and when they were programming it, they used a very similar technique that they were using in video games back then to use a counter system for enemies being able to punch or shoot or fire or whatever, right? Okay. 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 For those two bees, somebody screwed something up or maybe they did it on purpose. Nobody has ever found out for sure. Those two bees, their counter is smaller than anybody else's in the game and only in those in that first level, not in any of the other levels. What? Yeah. So <laughs> what's happening that 10 or 15 minutes? So, you know, in Galaga, when you destroy all the enemies down to just a few, like four or five. Right. Then they start just completely cycling without going back to the play. Right. They don't pause anymore. Right. They just keep. They don't repopulate the play. They don't go back in formation. They just keep dying. Right. 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 So in this case, if those are the two bees you leave continuing, you know, their runs that counter every time they fire, ticks one off, ticks one off, ticks one off, ticks one off. And they essentially just run out of bullets after 10 or 15 minutes. Wow. So wait, so you have to be dodging this whole time. Yeah, You do need to be dodging. You do need to pay attention. There's a couple of things, uh, John, I don't know if you experienced this when you were... (laughs) When you were completing it, oh, I did. Yeah, <laughs> because there's the bees on the left. Most people will stash their fighter to the right corner. Yep. You do have to kind of move him in or out every now and then because they will send a bullet or something toward you. But there's a specific bullet that they will use. Yep, I died. <laughs> where they will fire from the left of the screen and the bullet will wrap around to the right mm-hmm. side of the screen and nail your ship without you even noticing it. I, I could verify this. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let me make sure I got this though. So you're saying that if you leave these. Two specific ships. Yes. As the last two ships, then basically don't die for 15 minutes and not shooting them either. And not shooting them. You can't kill them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. That they will eventually stop shooting, which will then make the rest of the game you played not have any shots fighting. Yeah. All the other enemies have a zero counter for their bullets for the rest of the game. Forever. For the rest of the game. For as long as you play. Holy cow. Yeah. 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 It's like turning on invincible mode almost. Right. I mean, you can still die from the enemies crashing into you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. Yep. But that's much easier to avoid when you don't have bullets also flying at you. Right. Especially as you get into the later stages. John, just out of curiosity, do you remember what stage you ended up at after doing the beachy? I, you know, honestly, I wasn't trying to go forever after that. I really wanted to do the cheat and see if it worked. Ah. And then I probably <laughs> went to level 10 or 12 after that and went, I did it. Hey, right. I, I wasn't trying to go for a high score, but it was certainly way easier, obviously, because <laughs> yeah, there was, I really only had to look out for what you call the messenger when people were coming in because I wasn't worried about bullets anymore. I could just yeah. focus on where were the, the bees and everything else was trivial after that. Yep. Yeah. There's even a video of somebody doing this on YouTube. It's a very basic video. It's just of the Gallagher Arcade team. I'll give you that link and you can put it in the show notes so people can go take a look at it and watch it for themselves. Sure. Maybe someday we'll produce a video for it or something, but it's just a unique feature of Galaga that you don't find mm-hmm. in many other. I mean, I know Pac-Man has the, the rounding the corner, if the ghost eyes are looking away from you thing. The little safe spot. Yeah. 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 You know, where you can kind of Hide, morph and pass a, through yeah. them a little bit. I know Donkey Kong John has the thing of if you capture all the enemy fireballs on the right side of the ziggurat after you do the pellets or something, they won't spawn on the other side or something. They'll stay on the left. I don't know. Yep. I think mm-hmm. I can't see how somebody could have possibly figured this out. This had to be almost intentional because <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm just going to not shoot for 15 minutes. I mean, this just seems nuts. <laughs> I, yeah. I heard about it in, I've been playing the game for a few years. So I want to say it was like when I was a freshman in high school. So around 84, 85 oh, okay. was when I first heard about it. <laughs> and it was just one of those word of mouth things that happened yeah. in the arcade culture back then, because like you guys have 
point That's out. That's how you do, right? Yeah, you didn't find out. <laughs> no internet. And it's the rare one that was actually true, as it turned out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, you can't reach the mountains, but you can do this. Right? <laughs> That's right. You can't actually get there. <laughs> On that note, what a great way to wrap up our 40th anniversary celebration of Galaga with a true urban legend that you can actually do, the 2B no-shoot. Wow. This has been a whole lot of fun. Thanks, guys. George, thank you for your expertise that you share with us on Galaga. Yeah, no, thank you for letting us do the podcast. I was looking forward to this one. <laughs> Had to. Before we wrap it up, we have to just take a quick moment here to thank a brand new YouTube member, Ooh. Ryan, over on ah, YouTube. Ah. He clicked that little join button. You'll see next to subscribe below one of our videos. Joined us for $2.99 a month. We sure appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Whether you support us there or over on Patreon, we really, really appreciate you folks that do that. That's awesome. Puts gas in the tank and helps us keep doing what we do. And we just want to express our gratitude for that. That is going to wrap it up for this backtrack. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, of course, and next week with a regular edition of our show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Always fun, man. And fourth listeners, you, though, we all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. George and I both made that same joke and you didn't laugh either time. <laughs> Just, that should tell us something. We did it twice and you still didn't laugh. What's wrong with you? Everyone knows a joke repeated is funnier. <laughs> That's right. The more times you hear it, the funnier it gets. And if you have to explain it, it's even funnier. <laughs> Yours was the original concept and then I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mine was the sequel. Yeah. And amazingly, still not funny, but okay. <laughs> Ow, my butt. <laughs> Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.